When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, once Garibaldi Red is not in Forest, threw away at least a point to lose 3-2 to West Ham United yesterday. Three goals gifted, two conceded from corners and one angry Steve Cooper as it was a case of what should have been for the Reds. Joining to discuss all that, first of all, is Reds fan Michael Temple. Temps, good morning. How are you? Morning, chats. Feeling good, thanks. Good, good. And returning to the show with no nasty introduction for once in May. <laughs> God, you've changed. <laughs> and no, no, and no. no Ryan Ryan Clark filter either. David no, Prutton looking and sounding like David Prutton. So I get, I'll, I'll get dead close. Like this is going to scare everyone now. Look, no dying this. I mean, <laughs> my, my nostrils are a different debate altogether. But yes. Anyway, good morning, everyone. Sorry about that. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Yeah, um, I've enjoyed Temp saying he's good. He's he's balanced. He's putting things in perspective. Not too down. Not too high. Hopefully, that's the vibe we're going for this Monday morning. It is. It is. I mean, I'll come. Well, that was going to be the my end. It was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did say last week, never too high, never too low. So that's kind of a theme. But yeah, there was a lot wrong with uh, yesterday. Certainly. I mean, just kick us off, temps, with the overall thoughts of you know the emotions coming off the game. The only thing I'm riled about is it took us seven minutes and conceding a goal to realise that we could live with them, and they were in no kind of league form whatsoever. And we, we just, you know, we needed to go through that process to realise, hang on a minute, we can, we can cope with this. And then you saw a massive period in the game, rest of the first half, start of the second half, where we looked composed and players looked dangerous. And we made a really good account of ourselves. But the reality is, if, if you make a mistake like um, Dominguez did uh, in, in that part of the pitch, then it, it gets punished by the, the quality of the players that you find yourself up against every week. But I've left that game thinking that we we probably are in that kind of mid-table battle now with teams like West Ham if we can cut out those kind of mistakes that get punished as it, as it rightly was um, by by Pakatar um, in the first instance. But so much to be proud of uh, for the rest of the first half, start of the second, but those frailties and, and lapses uh, around the three goals have really cost us. Uh, I should say get well soon, Greg. Greg was supposed to join us, but he, uh, he had to drop out. Hence the three-man panel, but we used to do those all the time, and I'm sure we'll buy out some good stuff for you today. Um, perhaps after the match, um, I did the press conference. I don't normally do games, but I did this one, and Cooper was pretty angry. Uh, you know, and it's a bit out of character for him to be visibly so annoyed uh, at the manner of the goals conceded. And it was the set pieces. I know it's so obvious, but to concede two goals from set pieces mm. like they did, you can't win many games doing that, can you? No, I think that's where Steve's anger comes from. As you know, more than anyone, talking to him with the regularity that you do, very mild-mannered, very kind of composed. Um, and that doesn't belie any 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 lack of passion for the job because we know he, he's, he's, he's absolutely a forest man through and through. Um, but it's hard enough to get near a point in the Premier League, let alone three, without aiding and abetting the, the opposition. The Dominguez one, having done that a fair few times, um, your heart sinks because as you see him play that ball tentatively, 
um, almost kind of too relaxed, trying to chip it over into the wider part of the pitch and it gets cut out. You, you, you probably get away with that in the championship, don't you? You're not, you don't in the Premier League. And against against a team such as that, which has got a lot of good creative players, it, it was it was laid on a plate. And then the manner of the set pieces, Jared's a very, very good player. You give a very good player three or four yards of space in the six-yard box, um, then you're going you're gonna to find yourself uh, with a huge problem. And then there were warning signs come near the end of the game, wasn't there? Suchek hitting the bar and then ultimately finding himself in a position where uh, West Ham were, were, were coming away with all three points. That's why he was furious, because so much to like going into the game, so much to like about the Villa game, so much to be very, very proud of, clean sheets, potent going forward, undone by the type of performance um, that, um, that that was thrown forward against West Ham. And he used, I mean, there was, there was an article that I read with regards to questioning the lack of desire. I don't I don't think it was the desire necessarily of getting around the pitch. It's more to do with desire to keep the ball at the back of your net, to do with marking your man, to do with switching on. Wonderful goal that put Forrest ahead. I've seen a comment there about potentially the reaction to that goal and the throwing of emotion around that maybe you've got to get your head back in the game. It's it's so it's a cliche, isn't it? You're never more vulnerable than when you've just scored a goal. And that was absolutely that. And in Premier League terms uh, in the sense of the irresponsibility taken with the set pieces, it's 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 unforgivable, really. There's a lot to unpack there, Temps, and we'll do it as we go along. But is the general frustration that this season we look a much better team, a much more accomplished team, but we're not doing you know basics of defending? Like Luton players will put their bodies on the line. Sheffield United will, even if they're flawed teams. But if we're gifting goals, then we're gifting points, and we're not making the progress that we can be. Yeah, well, that's, that's absolutely the case, isn't it? I think you can look at that table in two ways. You can say the bottom six are the most recently promoted six and are struggling to, to plug that gap. Or if you, if you look really um, harshly at the, at, at the games that we've, we've played, you can say that our mistakes have cost us and we're four to six points behind um, where, she, where we should be. There's probably a little bit to learn from West Ham because I think like, their approach to the game yesterday, not in general this season, but yesterday, was championship-style on the break, flood the box, big big lads, big lads on there trying to get an, an advantage from um, set pieces. And the difference was James Ward-Prowse delivery is mm. bang on the money every single time. And the reason I highlight that is because ours wasn't. And we, we can't um, expect to translate positive territory, corners, free kicks in and around the box in, into goals. If, if we're not going to improve the, the quality of our delivery and the manner in which we gain an advantage in the box. Several instances yesterday to the, to the question that you asked, if that's a microcosm of the, of the season, um, what, what went wrong? We, we didn't defend our set pieces nearly well enough. We weren't disguising enough of the fact of the, the manner in which we were trying to put them off in the box. And um, players who shouldn't be scoring headers found themselves on the end of, of world-class set-piece delivery. You could analyse... A couple of those instances, there were there was there was so much wrestling going off in the box. If VAR had have come into play at any point, you could have made three or four cases for for penalties against us. I think it's something we need to address quickly because you can't get on the front foot and become the team we want to play with the ball if we're going to be back um, concerned about our weaknesses from from corners and free kicks. It was all too apparent yesterday. Um, Just to jump in there, Matt. Sorry, and it's. We we do understand the approach, obviously, of what um, Steve wants from the side. 
And again, not, I mean, I'm not laying this all firmly at the feet of Dominguez by any stretch of imagination. Obviously, by virtue of the fact that he didn't appear for the second half, you know what Steve's take on his performance was. But it's it's that it's these very very tight fine margins that can rock a team. Uh, now, the fortitude of a team and the strength of character comes from reacting to those situations, which you get back on level terms, and it's almost like, well, we've cancelled out that mistake. Right, lads. Collectively, we go again. Next set piece, pick up X, Y, and Z. All the all the all the fundamentals and the basics. But it's it's a tough thing for a manager to try and legislate for a, a mistake such as that so early in the game. A graphic popped up on screen about the amount of goals that Forest score in the first few minutes of a game, which suggests that they do start games brightly. Ironically, that went against them in that particular instance, and suddenly they're on the back foot. So the reaction to it, I think, as the game meandered away from Forest or they let it get away from them towards the back end of the second half is something that has enraged the manager and has and given him the reason, as you say, Matt, to come out and actually say, well, I'm not happy and I'm not happy because of X, Y and Z, which is which I think is good because it gets it out there, but also blows those cobwebs away. The players are under no illusions that if they go away for an international break and come back, what the next port of call is. The next port of call is we, we the next game has to have a clean sheet in it or we get undone by a piece of magic or something that is truly unstoppable. But there is no there is, there is no real excuse. I, I used the word unforgivable just a minute ago. I meant in footballing terms within a 90-minute spell. But there is no excuse for players not knowing who to pick up. There is no excuse for not being tight enough to your man. And they, they might point to the fact, well, VAR's on this and I might give away that. Rubbish. Absolutely rubbish. D- defend properly, which in itself... Is a is a is a massive concept. Defend properly it, because it's it's part of your job as a professional footballer. Who are you picking up? Wasted in the six yard box. Don't give away needless free kicks and corners. If you know someone's that good on the ball, you try everything to to, to stay away from that particular area of the pitch because James Ward Prowse his delivery is up there with the very best in the Premier League. But then if you're not marking, it makes him even better. Mm. Um, let's talk about defensive set pieces before attacking ones then, because there's um, so many more Gibbs White comments in the comments. It's interesting. We'll get to that. Um, just unpacking the goals, Prutz. The first one, uh, you were saying you think it was probably Danilo that was meant to be marking Bowen, which is an oh, interesting only, matchup in itself. Yeah, but only by virtue of the fact that he appeared to be the closest player to Bowen uh, yeah. as the ball was, was whipped in. The marking was that poor that by the time he headed it, it could have been one of four players that were meant to be somewhere near him. Mm-hmm. Now, having seen Forrest and the way that they set up, and whether it's zonal or man marking, it's it, it's still you've still got to take responsibility. And because it, it, I mean, it was virtually inside the six yard box, which again, I mean, shows a great delivery that it's whipped in at that pace with that precision. But there's enough. There should be enough bodies in there for someone to take responsibility. And if you are in that position, then it is kind of panic stations. If you're closest to the ball, you go and edit. You leave the person that you're with. If you think you can go and win the header, you go and try and do it. But leaving him with that particular space, as he was growing into the game, I thought, Jared Bowen, wasn't he? Um, it just doesn't reflect well on on who was meant to be picking, picking him up and who um, who organises that particular setup because it's obviously done pre-match, half-time, and then in the game, it's very much the responsibility of the players, very much their job to know what on earth they're doing. And if you're a fan watching that, you are left scratching your head thinking, well, it's pretty obvious where the ball's going to go. Mm, true, true. Uh, there are over 500 people watching after 10 minutes, which is great. Uh, do give us a like and subscribe. Giant new animation products. Capwick. 
Uh, yeah, that's just the software that I used. Is that's it what happens right. when you don't pay for the premium version. Has he gone for the cheap stuff? He's cutting corners, Davis, isn't he? Uh, yeah, well, the company I work for is not paying for it, definitely. Ooh, right. and don't bite the hand that feeds you, Matt. Christ, mate. No. <laughs> um, Pratt said there, Temps, couldn't really tell who was marking for the second goal. For the third goal, it was definitely the same. I think it was meant to be Bolly, but Thomas Suchek's probably their best header of a ball. Can't be getting and about much, seven so. foot tall. Yeah, yeah. It's a pretty obvious. It, again, I sound condescending when I'm saying this, but he's hard to miss. It's a Sunday morning shout, isn't it? Even then, Forrest played him in before that to hit the bar. It was a perfect header from yeah. Aina, wasn't it? Laid yeah. on a plate, so he should have scored that one. Mm. Sun, yeah. Sunday morning shout, big on big lads, and he, he definitely is a, a danger. <laughs> Bowen, Bowen, perhaps less so. There's, there's not quite enough respect for James Ward-Prowse, who's one direct free kick away from surpassing David Beckham in the Premier League, and rarely does anything but whip it with extreme dip power accuracy. But I'll just put that one to bed. No one I would want in English football taking a corner over James Ward-Prowse. Do you carry him a bit in midfield? No, not really. He's, he's tidy enough, isn't he? But in and around the box from corners, he's he's worth his worth his weight. I think there was a start on match today too last night. He's he's out on his own on assists from set pieces over the last two years. I think he's ten ahead of anybody else in English football. So yeah, I will. I don't know why I'm pumping James Ward browsers at uh, James Ward browsers guys <laughs> on a Forest podcast. Anyway, what was the question? What was the question? <laughs> the question not was Martin how good is James Ward browse? Yeah, yes, not, not, not Martin Su- Thomas Suchek is a, is, a, is a threat from from set pieces. We had the warning shot, as, as Prutz said, and we let him get ahead of uh, ahead of us. It was a great finish from him, but yeah, he stole a march on defenders who should have been putting on a rearguard action at that point. And if it was was Willie Bolly marking him, he's he's the guy that I like in these situations. I think rearguard action backs against the wall. He wins his heads and tackles. He he didn't yesterday. Uh, the Murillo injury was a blow. I think since the Warrell incident, Cooper's been a bit more reluctant to introduce. Um, defensive substitutions. He had to in the, on this occasion. Well, he doesn't usually let us down, but Suchek um, stole a march and, and nicked it at the death because I think all things considered, a draw would have been a positive result from Forrest on the, on the balance of 90 minutes. Mm. I mean, on uh, online, uh, Prutz, Cooper's getting some uh, blame for, you know, we can't keep doing this, we can't keep conceding set pieces. Obviously, players are coached in the week. But there has to be a bigger element of personal responsibility from the players, doesn't there, to, to do their jobs, as the manager said. Completely. Completely. If, if, if you just take that game in isolation, obviously the, the frustration comes in a broader sense of seeing it over the course of a season because then the, the, the finger only gets pointed in one place over a season. It's got to be the manager's responsibility because he's the boss. But in that game, like I said, in isolation, it's unfathomable to kind of work out why those players aren't marshalled correctly. Um, like I said, the Dominguez one is a mistake that any player can make because um, you, you you try something and then your stomach immediately sinks because you realise out of everything that I could have possibly done, that was obviously the worst choice and then it leads to a goal. But the, <clears throat> the, the ability to, and a lot of football is reactive, but the ability to get into a, a situation where it, you can proactively work out who you're going to mark and get your body right and kind of the ball's coming in. You've got your man here. You, I'm not saying you start grappling because then you'll suddenly get a, a forest player wrestling someone to the ground and then there's a penalty and, and that's a different thing altogether. But th- th- there's a lot you can put in your control in that particular situation. Yes, we've talked about 
um, Ward Prowse's free kicks. I mean, in terms of length, he's obviously a massive fan. But um, the, that sense of what it is to see that threat coming and, and then to try and mitigate that. Forrest, the, the players absolutely have to take responsibility for that. You talk about um, Bolly as well in that particular situation where changes are made to try and shore things up. Steve said he was, he'd have been disappointed with a point in that game. So mm. to come away with nothing shows what he thought and where he thought the players had got to. The second goal is, 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 is I won't use the word stunning. I mean, that's way too over the top. The second goal is a thing of beauty. It's, it's, a, it's a wonderful, sweeping, um, attacking um, play, batch of play from Forrest. The type of stuff that, uh, with the skill, with the uh, clinical nature of it and the um, ability to, to get forward in numbers and at pace, is something that thrills fans home or away, isn't it? And it, and it, was, it was a really potentially pivotal moment in that game, like I said. And I, I'm, I'm not one for dialing down reactions and celebrations. VAR's absolutely wringing the neck of that type of stuff. So the fact that they've gone over and, and, and celebrated with a travelling fan, I, yeah, I, I absolutely don't mind that because what's the point otherwise if you're not going to celebrate great goals like that? And it's like, but the other side of it is, it is then get your head back in the game. Quickly, fellas, whistle's going to go. The, this, the, the next five minutes, the next two minutes are going to be so important for this game that uh, you've got to do absolutely everything. And, and just in those moments, that's not the manager's fault. It's not, in theory, he's, he's got the right people in to manage those situations at the right time. And they just collectively didn't do that. Quick word on the celebration. He's, he's whipped yeah, his well, top off and he's, he's, he's shredded to the bone like a, a young That, that is a gotten. frightening set of abs, isn't it? That, oh, I mean, he's, that's a, a temp special. But he's whipped his GPS off. So the, the last three <laughs> kilometres that he ran didn't count. So he'll, he'll, be, getting a, he'll be getting a cane in from the, the fitness coach this morning. I don't think they'll mind the yellow card. I just think they'll be annoyed that they've lost lost 35 minutes of data from Anthony Alanga. And the point I wanted to make on Anthony Alanga is, you think of his highlights this season, that finish, uh, the break for the Taiwo goal against Arsenal, the finish against Chelsea. He's got it within him to be a very special player, probably in that bracket of 10 to 15 goals and assists combined per season if he wants to be. The pace is electric, the way that he stands defenders up, particularly fullbacks and gets past them. Had his man on a on a yellow card pretty early on, and then terrorised him for uh, for parts of the game. He also has it in him to be wasteful and extremely promising positions. And I just hope that Steve Cooper can get the best out of him because a confident, consistent Anthony Langer can be a real weapon for us. There's there's no doubt in his his fitness. There's no doubt in his pace. It's electric. And moments of this this season have shown the flashes of what he can be. I hope he can just hone that and be slightly more consistent because then he'll be a real player for us. Mm, he did play very well. I mean, it was, it was funny, like, uh, Kufal or Sufal, sorry, got the stadium, man of the match in the stadium, which I thought was ridiculous because he had him on Did plates. he? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Why? I know, from the Hammers fans. I guess it was the corporate ones who picked it. But yeah, I didn't see that. I don't mind him taking his shot off, celebrate. I, I would have mind if he got a second yellow and got sent off. That's when you That's when mm. you mind it. It's more of a mentality thing, like Prutz has said, of switch back on, deal with the next ball from the restart and don't concede a corner. I think that was, that was the weakness. Just on corners then and set pieces. I think I read an article at the weekend where something like less than 3% of corners end up in goals. And it was a higher ratio for us at the weekend. But on our set pieces... What, from, in, in, a, in, a, in what sense? In Across in the season. Premier League? Yeah, in a season across the Premier League. Yeah. Less That's than why, 3% of 
Say that again. I'm I'm crap with stats. Say that again. So I, three I, I three times out of every hundred, someone will score a goal from a corner in in the Premier League. I should say actually that's from a corner whipped in straight away. Short corners. There was an article about dying things in football, and short corners. It's a slightly higher ratio because you see more prevalence of short corners, fewer long range mm. shots. Everything's so numbers driven wow. now. Okay, that, yeah. that was what I was saying. But the point is. We our ratio is probably uh, lower than that. <laughs> so Morgan Gibbs White is taking absolute pelters for the quality of his free kicks. First question is uh, temps. Are they that bad? You know what? It's about outcome, isn't it? So that we we have to say time for someone else to have a try. Being a set piece taker in a team is is a huge responsibility. There's going to be frustration from centre-halves if they make an eight-yard dash to be up for a corner that sells over the heads. What's going wrong with Gibbs-White's delivery? Is it him? Is it the movement in the box? I'm I'm, I'm not sure. He's certainly not as consistent as James Ward-Prowse is. Ding, 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 ding. <laughs> on, the, <laughs> on, on the delivery. But but neither is there any separation between the uh, the, the big lads and, and their markers to, to convert them into, into goals. So, um, I don't know. I, always like, I do always like the in-swinger. The technique that Premier League players have with with outswung corners that's that's still under the six yard box is is, is incredible to me. You, you don't see that at, at lower levels. So Gibbs White is taking everything from from both sides. Um, Toffolo's delivery is is reputedly very strong. He's obviously got a bit of a wand of a, a left peg. So I'm a bit of a traditionalist. I'd like to see the in swingers and maybe let Toffolo take the the right wing corners, but. Yeah, Gibbs White for me seems to have a bit of a monopoly on them, and he's they're not being converted into goals. Does it? Yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned the Toffolo one there, wonderful ball in early on, great, which brought mm. a, a great save from the goalkeeper, wasn't it? Was it? Um, was it Tywell's header? Was it? I can't, I can't it remember. was. Yeah, really good save. Great, great header, a very very good save as well, and that was just there was almost no thought with that with Harry. Ball came back, just just faded it in. Wonderful ball in. Uh, and again, again, I'm not saying that you then you then fall down the rabbit hole of what if if that had gone in, if you know what I mean. It's, it all gets a bit hypothetical then. But how good um, is that technique though, Prooks? To take a little yeah. bit of sting out of it, just like yeah. that's serious technique. Yeah, it was. Mm. It was one. And, and I don't know. Maybe there's there's a school of thought there that you, you then get yourself in position with with corners and, and and free kicks where Morgan. I mean, the the thing with Morgan is is obviously. Is undoubtedly a, a very technically gifted footballer. There's a there's a real gameness to him that I, as a as a journeyman clogger, absolutely respect. G- give me the ball, give me the ball, give me the ball. Tight places, I'll try stuff. There's what there was one instance. Um, I think there was a West Ham player down. Well, it was uh, Paqueta that had been. Um, forearm smashed in the face oh, by yeah, somebody's finger, which mm. sent him down like platoon. So, um, yeah, uh, and then the ball came to Morgan, and there was nobody around him, and he backheeled it on a one-two, and it went about three or four yards in front of its intended target. Which, in those particular instances, uh, as a teammate and then as a fan, you are kind of going, "There's, there's just no need for that." There's, mm. and not not in a not in a kind of waggling your finger like do it properly. It the back heel does nothing. Doesn't take anyone out of the game. Doesn't take anyone by surprise. Byron his teammate who, who goes, well, can't you just pass it to me feet instead of rolling out of play. It, it's done. It's frivolity for for frivolity's sake. I think. Now, taking the rough with the smooth of of what Morgan can provide, I, th- I think 
I think the levels, and, and again, when you talk about comments, Matt, and, and people's reaction to it, I think it's. I think he's held the, the kind of platform that he's held on because of the creative force that he can be means that probably, as is always the case with the players such as that, more fingers get pointed. You see a lot of, you see more of him trying to do things with the ball. Therefore, you get more of a picture of potentially about not just what he can do, but what he's not doing. So if he's taking all the set pieces and they're all crap, then you're going, oh, it's rubbish. But if no one else is actually stepping up to set the set pieces, then the odds are stacked against him for being able to show, well, someone else needs to come and do it. Now, again, that dovetails into what a manager wants from his team. If he's seeing that Morgan's struggling, get someone else to set the set pieces. The, the other question then becomes, you look through the squad, who's the next off the rank to be able to do that? Mm, yeah, it would be tough, wouldn't it, I suppose? Hmm. It's interesting, Temps. You dropped in the group about um, Morgan still leads the team in shots in the box, chance creation, kind of all the areas you want him to lead us. So there is an element of rough with smooth, isn't there, as well? Again, like like the Alanga point, I think he could hone it and he could be everything Forrest want him to be. He, he doesn't need to try Hollywood flicks and tricks every time. Seeing a pass and being able to execute it is, is enough a, a lot of the time. For, for all of Messi's dribbling and skill, he has this proprioception and ability to see things on a pitch at ground level that you know we don't even see on a on a, on a broadcast camera. But yeah, the, the stat was pumped by Sky before the game. I just put it up here actually. So Morgan Gibbs White in our team is number one for shots, dribbles, through balls, touches, touches in the opposition box, chances created, distance run, duels won, passes in the opposition half, and possession won. So there's there's a player there. And I know his place has been up for debate and I, I still don't think we get the best out of him and he's expected to operate from the right, as, as has been increasingly the case in the last three weeks with, with this one droppable um, centre mid three. So that the numbers are there. But if he can hone that by cutting out the mistakes through the flicks and tricks and just using his raw ability to delay the pass, make the pass at the right time, execute quality from, from set pieces, then he can be the heartbeat of the side for a long, long time to come. You've got to try things, though. So as a, as a creative attacking player, you have to be given the license to make a mistake. The old Cooper mantra, don't be boring. He's certainly not that. We just want to see him iron out the unforced errors to, to be the best player he can be for our team. Yeah. I mean, I, I've so often compared him to James Madison this season because I think they're trying to play similar roles. But Madison doesn't really have the flicks and the tricks, but he does have very efficient passing and the chance creation. And he takes up good areas. But um, also, uh, there is an element, Prutz, that he is doing a bit of a job for the team at the moment, isn't he? As Tem said, he's he's playing from the right, which isn't really yeah. his best position. Yeah, I, I don't think he's is that traditional kind of cliched luxury player that does nothing the opposite way. I, I, I don't think, especially in a team such as Forest, given where they are finding the feet back in the Premier League to become part of that particular furniture again. There's no room for passengers, and Steve's not that type of manager, is he? He's he's had players that potentially you might put in that bracket, like an IU at Swansea, but he worked his socks off up top. He he got a different tune out of a player such as that. So he he knows he knows that he needs those players that can change games. Um, I don't, there, there was I'm scratching my head about a game I was at the City Ground last season, and it was. A Forest home win, Brennan scored. And one of the goals was, it was a great goal from Brennan, but the pass into him from Morgan was exquisite because it was it was, it was, was a pass that had pace on it. It had um, accuracy. It allowed Brennan to take a first touch toward goal. It was, and it was, it was 
he made it look very simplistic, but therein kind of lies the skill of what he's got. That type of pass, which is very, mm. which is not straightforward in its execution, but looks straightforward and is one that can take out several members of the opposition. That's what he can do. The other bits and bobs, I'm not saying he's been indulged to do stuff like that. And you can you can bet your backside that Steve's not going, Morgan, try as many of these flicks and tricks that you can and really put the ball at risk because he knows how, how um, dangerous that can be. The Madison comparison, I think, is a good one. Madison, and, and I don't think anyone watching this or, or listening to this would disagree, no matter how much you love Forrest. Madison's surrounded by far better players. Mm. That's So maybe, maybe that ability is uh, also a regular member of the England squad when he's not injured, isn't he? So you're looking at a player there that's maybe had those tendencies that Morgan has got, but iron them out because that's what separates a, a very good Premier League player to one that's playing in the team that has been top of the league, that has kind of dominated football matches. So maybe therein lies a difference. Maybe it's all a bit of a learning process, but some players learn quicker than others. Some players offer different things. And from what Temp said, numbers-wise, he's uh, you, you it's a player that's not that's not not contributing, is it? I just think where, where there is that sense, and I've been intrigued to see comments wise or, or from you two lads that uh, are we are we expecting too much of? Yeah, of so I was going to say, we, are we do, holding him to a standard, pro? Are we mm. holding him to a standard because of what we know he can be? I, I'd mm. say so, and yeah, I would. Yeah, I, I think in any team you need a player that can change the match for you. It's a it's a bit like possibly. We saw Brennan getting a bit of stick start of last season, didn't we? Mm. Um, and some sometimes other dynamics come into that of of his, his kind of what he's meant to the football club, what he's done moving forward for Forest, um, what he's managed to achieve in the Championship, and then moving into the Premier League. Um, but it all becomes very hypothetical because then when you watch it on a football pitch and he does things that you don't quite understand, that's why that that's your currency as a fan. You're allowed to say that. You're allowed to say that things get, get on your nerves about the players that are wearing your shirt. And it's it's um I, I given what I saw in the game yesterday, I was far more perturbed by the defending than I was by by Morgan's performance. Mm. Yeah. Forest fans have a habit of isolating one player, I think, and Morgan Gibbs-White wasn't the, the problem particularly in this game. But we're, I suppose, like you say, we haven't really seen those outside of the footballs in behind that set up a mm. Brennan, the Brennan's goal against Leicester and a one he's goal against Palace. We haven't quite seen that, but yeah, I think he's still a good player. And we should say congratulations on becoming a father, having spent 20 minutes discussing him. We're not that long, but yeah. Uh, oh, he's probably yeah. knackered then. Is that, well, Congratulations. Yes, uh, ba- yeah, baby born last week, so he's he's going to be knackered for a f- next few he months. He hasn't slept years, since he? Tuesday, bless him. We're bagging him for a long corner. <laughs> True, yeah, yeah, and obviously taking taking away all the hard work done by his wife. Yeah, <laughs> oh, he must be really tired. <laughs> she sat at home going, "Are you joking?" <laughs> um, last point on the game in general. I think our Mikey really wants to discuss this because Mikey was really angry coming out of the match. Temps, he just put weak quite a lot. I think it's around mm. physical and mental weakness to see out a game. Uh, I, I think he's got a point there, hasn't he, to be fair? Well, the word Cooper used was desire, wasn't it? You you mm. want to stop Thomas Suchek, you, you find a way. With, within the laws of the game, within the confines of VAR, mm. you touch the right part of the body, a little nudge here, a little nudge there. I, I don't think that Cooper thought, and certainly not Mikey Clark thought, we were um, good enough or, or, or cute enough in that. So, <clears throat> yeah, we need to be harder 
and not not in the kind of prutz way, go and kick him in the knee with five minutes to go against Yeovil <laughs> or whatever. In like in a certain model Premier League way, you've got to mean your in tackles. a James Ward Prowse way. God, yeah, exactly. What a boy! What a boy! Yeah. I bet he can bench press. <laughs> Jimmy, my, my mate Jimmy. <laughs> but there's, yeah, there's a, there's a certain hardness and shrewdness that that the top Premier League players have. I, I don't know how how else to describe it, but but yeah, there there are there are clips from yesterday's game where you can see that we we didn't have. Well, I'll use Steve Cooper's word, the desire to defend in the same way that Sutek had the desire to attack. Mm, true, true. Uh, let's talk about Murillo briefly as well. That'd be a big worry, Prutz, if he's out for a while. He went off with a hamstring strain. That could be a problem because he's come in and done so well. Mm. No, he's been, he's been good, on not he? He's, he's um, visibly um, frustrated, obviously, coming off the pitch. Um, and I think given what he's brought, that word desire and his his ability to galvanise those players around him, I think it's been a really good addition. There's, there's having kind of read a lot of feedback with regards to team selection and and their recruitment. There's not many that are looking at him and not too sure, are they? Everyone's pretty happy with what they've seen so far from him. So, has there been any word on on what potentially that could be? They all no. obviously look like he's on his hamstring, but. Yeah, it was a hamstring. He's going to have a scan probably today. So we'll know. I suppose the benefit is I'll have the international break. But I suppose temps the opportunities there now for Willie Bolly to come back in potentially and get his place back. Because aside from yesterday, he's actually done really well for us. Yeah, Bolly was unlucky to be to be left out, wasn't he? But we had a near carte masterclass last week, and I think he does have. Uh, more about him on on the ball, but Bolly's a monster. The, the sheer size of him, you'd, you'd want him in your box, wouldn't you? Defending a, a James Ward Prowse set piece. So there's, <laughs> <laughs> so there's 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 a there's a there's a hair's breadth really between Bolly and and Nia Carter as that second central defender. But you, you're right. What what plaudits um, haven't we already laid out there for for Murillo? I'm not having his age. I reckon he's five years old when he's when he's making out <laughs> like some of these obscure crickets that that we're scouting at the minute. I, I just think he look he looks like he's he's fully formed, isn't he? He's a, he's arrived off the back of less than twenty games for Corinthians and looks like a comfortable um, Premier League defender. When when the mis- when the Dominguez mistake occurred, it was Murillo that that reacted best for me. He did he had yeah. that last last gasp kind of dive to try and. Get in the way of the ball. He he has a, a hunger, a desire to to defend, and also that that rare um, vision and ball playing ability for a for a centre half, limitless potential. And I, I think in a in a footballing sense, they want a pair of Neocarte, but Bolly has to be bang on that door now. Mm-hmm. Did I did I see? And, and and this is, but I mean, it's nothing to do with his footballing ability. Was he one of the first lads over to go and see? Um, the, the young lad the playing the last post. Yeah, yeah which yeah. I thought, because I'd, you read it, don't you? You see it on Twitter and obviously you get all kinds of whoppers steaming in, like all pointing the finger. You know what I mean? People that have never done anything in their lives going, eh, look at that, that was rubbish. And then you, you watch it and you see how emotional it was. The reaction from the Forest fans was exceptional. I mean, talk about needing a certain fortitude to do that in front of so many people on a, on a very emotive day. But... It looked like Marilla was one of the first ones over to to give him the benefit of. Come on, mate, you're fine. It's, I mean, these things happen. I, I thought that was a nice touch and almost kind of leading the team over. Not saying without him they wouldn't have done it, but you get a sense of that. Of that's the type of player and person that he is from the from the tiny bit that I've seen of him. I, I was I was very impressed with that. So I, I chucked one at Matt at the weekend. What what odds would Paddy give me on Marilla being a future Brazil captain? 
Ooh. I've said he's going to play for Real Madrid in three or four years. So, yeah, I think he's that good. But yes, I think we might be a stepping stone for him, which I don't mind, to be fair. Well, if it's a stepping stone that keeps for us in the Premier League, then happy days. You're right. There's just an implied leadership to that, isn't there? Like have, being psyched up for a game and everything that's going mm. through your head at that moment, perhaps, and then, mm. oh, there's, there's a kid in trouble here. I'm going to go and tap him on the shoulder and give him a word that he'll yeah. remember for the rest of his life. And that's incredible from a 21-year-old that doesn't speak the language. God knows what he said. He, I don't know how he can console a bugler when he can he can barely speak a word. The Queen's blessing at the minute. But, mm. um, yeah, but, that, that it, was but then, such a classic. It, yeah, empathy doesn't need words, does it? That's mm. not a necessity for that. It's, it's a feeling. It's an emotion. And he, he knew what to do in the in in the actual knowing what to say at the right time is is tough. Knowing how to act in a specific moment, I think, is even tougher because that's that's what your natural instincts are as a human being. And his natural instinct was to go and help, which I thought was was as you say, class act. Yeah, emotional intelligence from a from a young lad. Really good to see. Speaking of emotional intelligence, Matt, what's your next question? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Uh, Greg in the comments point out he was the first to go to Domingo's yesterday and he was the first to go to Worrell, as Greg says. So I do like uh, do like that point, which is true. Talking of Domingo's, from a central midfielder's point of view, you make a big gaffe early in the game and he he didn't um, didn't seem to recover from it well. He wasn't. Nah. I know he came into the game with a bit of an illness, but he seemed slower to the ball than he has been. His passing was off. Can that just happen in your experience? You make you make a bad start and you, you just feel things unravelling for you within an isolated match. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose if you were watching Forrest 20 years ago, you're nodding along going, yeah, I've seen him do that and absolutely <laughs> unravel in a game and that's how it goes. Yeah, you can. You can. It's um, it's a it's a proper tough test. It's a tough test, that one, because speaking from experience, it's, it's the kind of proverbial runaway train where it's gone and you th- and you the, the only difference is that if you're having a stinker at work and by virtue of what football is there's 40 odd thousand people seeing it in real time and however many hundreds of thousands of people watching it at home and then watching the goal back which is there for eternity existing somewhere for people to see and that's where mental toughness has to come into it um again you, you're looking at a player that before this this game and, and the first half had broadly covered himself in a in a relative amount of glory with regards to performances. You know what I mean? We, we're not looking at a player there that's giving the ball away every single week that's leading to goals, are we? By any stretch, it's it's you hope from from a a, a points gathering point of view that it's an isolated incident. And for him, yeah, it's um it it's tough because that happens. The game gets away from Forest. You get taken off. It's a very straightforward finger point would say, well, it's your fault. And that, and I'm not saying it is by any stretch, but human nature, you're feeling like you're suddenly going, Christ, this doesn't look like anything else other than my fault now. Mm. But that's, sorry, that's that's the nature of the beast. There's, there's no hiding place. If, if you've got any, um, any kind of aspirations for longevity at the level that he wants to, and I think he's got the capabilities of that, bad days at the office are going to happen. You've got to get over it very, very quickly. Uh, I'm not saying for one second that the next time he's in training, it's it's there to be uh, have the Mickey taken out of because it'll be sore for everyone. He'll, and uh, if Coop said you're saying that, he'd go ballistic, given how disappointed he was off the back of the game. But that that comes being part of that collective where you've got to take it on the chin. That's 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 what I always felt about football and progressing in football and moving through youth teams and stuff. 
It's funny because I, I went to see Paul Hart the other week just to have a cup of coffee and pick his brains about a couple of bits. And then you, you start reminiscing, as we all do, a bit like we are now, and you talk about how good he was with younger players. He was very tough, very tough on younger players, but very empathetic and kind. Um, and what he dished out in front of your teammates to specific players was as much <laughs> instant feedback, but it was also stress testing. Can you deal with 20 other players looking at you going, it's him today that's been crap. Can you deal with that? Because soon it'll be 15,000 people watching you, maybe thinking the same thing, 30,000 people watching the paper saying the same thing, the internet forever saying the same thing. You've got, you've got to be able to deal with it. And that, that's, that's what it is. It makes, makes footballers emotionally and mentally, hopefully robust in that particular situation. And none more so than this situation. Got to get back on the bike, start pedaling again. That's the only way forward. Mm. Um, did Danilo do enough for you attempts to maybe take his place or not? Well, he was crying out for that pass at the back stick, wasn't he? After Anthony Langer and Taiwo combined so well for that chance where he's pulled it out of the sky, really clever one-two. And he made that run to the back stick where the, 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 goal, was, the goal was begging. I think um, he's found himself ahead of Ryan Yates because Cooper wants to play dynamic players. And it's an interesting debate because if you just wanted all-out heart action, um, what's the word? Desire. What Steve Cooper's word from from the weekend? Then Yates he gets in ahead of Danilo because of what he is. But it, it's that 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 need that he feels to have this more dynamic midfield where players can be um, multi-dimensional that that puts him ahead of Yatesy in terms of the changes he's making from the bench now. And I think therefore in his thoughts for what he's going to do if he does break up this this central midfield three at any point. The Danilo at the back end of last season. Starts every game on merit. He's had injuries. He's he's fighting to get back towards his his form. But it's a, a, a really valid debate at the minute. And I don't think he is quite ready to break into that three. Uh, and I'm not even sure at the minute in, in certain types of games, he's an automatic pick o- over Yatesy. So very much up for debate for me. I thought he was the only um, change that we might see going going into this one, uh, maybe in place of, of Alanga. But as it happened, that outlet was entirely necessary and you kind of think now well if he's not going to break up that central midfield three if we need the pace uh, of Alanga out on the left then he, he's scrapping with with Morgan Gibbs White and he, he's taking too much away in that respect so the midfield selection very much um, up for debate the manner in which he would have, his claim would have been slightly different if Tyro had looked up and slid him in yesterday. Mm, true. Someone in the comments has called you a B-Tech Felipe Prutz, which I think is actually a great compliment because <laughs> there's no more handsome man in football than Felipe. So, uh... so, so There was another one asking about my teeth. I can, I can assure you these are all mine. I mean, at one stage when I was younger, they were all pointing in different directions, but they are, I mean, I could chew through most wire cabling, but don't worry, they're all mine. They weren't bought off the continent. <laughs> so, yeah, someone else asked if you've got the same stylist as Roma Shrank and Nathan as well. <laughs> If you scroll back 15 minutes, I got happy shopper, Felipe. And Did you? As my mates like to point out, I look far more like Philip Schofield than Felipe. <laughs> I'm trying to find a comment which kind of leads into, not, not bagging you chaps, no, leads into a good final topic. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. Um, my take. Is this the season? Is this going to be what a season of should-haves? And I suppose that's one of the points that we've had is never too high, never too low. I think the thing we have to do is cut out the bad days and reduce the errors. We didn't do that against West Ham. So I suppose, Temps, is that a fair point that this season could be one of um, should-haves and what might have been if we're not careful? 
it's going to be a season of progression in so much as we're going to finish six to ten points ahead of where we found ourselves last season. I just think for some people that's not going to be enough, is it? So the, the Cooper out brigade is still out in reasonable force. And then there's there's my camp who are a bit more circumspect and see that any season in which you improve as a football club and improve your points tally in the Premier League should be seen as a positive thing. And upheaval disrupts that. Every season is a season of should-haves because we, we look back with rose-tinted specs slightly. Oh, what if this happened? What if the other happened? And we, we tend not to um, remember those moments where you know, us ourselves had a, had a bit of luck. Like the Palace win at home last season, for example, where VAR was, was very kind to, to us rather than, the, rather than the way around. So I think we're going to progress. I think we'll find ourselves, I still think we'll find ourselves six to ten points ahead of where we were last season. I know for some people that won't be enough, but I think that gives us a platform to kick on again, again, again. Uh, and I, for one, I'm, I'm all about the, the, the continuity of the management and now of the spine of this team. I don't think major surgery will be required in quite the way it has in the past two years. Yes, we're in the bottom six with five other recently promoted sides, but I just think there's, there's more about us and more improvement to come from within. Will that be enough for everyone? Probably not. No. What, what what then? What then is the the consensus of of what it should be for Forest this season? I think some want to see us fifteen to twenty points ahead of where we were last season, which is such an almighty leap in Premier League terms. Yeah, I think if we finish anywhere, there's a clutch of teams from ninth to sixteenth that are uh, you know fighting for that bracket. And we could finish high up in it. Or we could finish low down in it. Uh, but I think we're a better team than we were last season, certainly. I mean, I suppose, Prutz, last week um, we were on here saying how brilliant we were against Aston Villa mm. and we played really well. And my worry is people are like, oh, we're amazing. We're going to do this. We're gonna, we beat Villa. We're going to finish ninth. And I was like saying, well, like I said before, good days and bad days. We had a bad day, but we can't be completely on the floor. I mean, there were good things yesterday. But it's these moments of madness like we saw against Luton that are, that are holding us back from where we could be. But it's not all need for doom and gloom, is it? Certainly. Well, no, but it, it just reflects, like you said about the, the bottom six, Burnley at the bottom, Sheffield United, Luton, Bournemouth, Fulham and then Forest. Everton have been in the top flight for eons. Palace we've seen bounce between the two. Wolves, Brentford, uh, similar. Um, the rest... Chelsea, West Ham, and I know I'm just naming Premier League football teams here. Chelsea, West Ham, Brighton, Newcastle, Man United, Villa, Spurs, Arsenal, Liverpool, Man City at the top. Um, Forest finished 15th like that, and without being a pessimist or a cynic or anything like that at all, again, that gradual building, and and, and forgive me, Forest fans, for using Leeds as, a, as an example. Leeds came steaming back in after 16 years and declared that after the first season, we want to get to here, get to there. And you're listening going, oh my God, what are you talking about? You've been away from it for that long, that consolidation. And I don't think it's too defeatist because it's, it's you talk about European Super League, this is it. It's mm. ginormous. Team bankrolled by states. <laughs> that's, that's, what the, that's, what, that's where the fight is. And then to be comfortably... Mid, mid table towards the um, uh, bottom half of the table in that bracket, way above the bottom three. But whether you get anywhere near European football, I think that that still qualifies as as success. And, and whether you're a Forest fan that's seen 
them conquer Europe back to back. Whether you've seen them finish third, was it under Frank Clark? That's a different kettle of fish entirely. This is this is what they've got in the here and now, and the finances at play with different football clubs. I, I understand that need for progression. I understand that thirst for it, the hunger for it. That's what being a football fan's about. But the realis- realistic side of it is where you look at a, a West Ham team that beat Forest. Obviously, we've said meant so much over the course of our chat that ably assisted by Forest. They won a European trophy, regardless of what the European trophy was last season, but they were still struggling at the bottom end. That's, that goes to show what this division's like. It can draw out, it can concertina. And the minute you start thinking we should be doing better, it can quite quickly bite you on the on the backside. And suddenly you are looking around thinking, right, we've got to duke it out now between former championship sides to make sure that we stay in the division. Like I said, I'm not being defeated to say that from what I've seen in the Premier League, there's there's different factions of, of leagues within leagues. But Forrester are absolutely in the thick of that one that, yes, it would be great to have that top half finish. Maybe maybe have a little look on the horizon towards a European spot. But it, it's it's about the evolution of the football club and evolution can take time. And the other thing is about teams like us and teams in this bracket, you'll have streaks where you play well and streaks where you're terrible. Like, look at Wolves a few weeks ago. Wolves fans thought Gary O'Neill was a complete dunce and now they're absolutely loving him. Everton lose at home to Luton and they're terrible. Now they're beating West Ham away and they're winning at Crystal Palace and they're great again. But by nature of being a mid-table team, you're going to have games where, you know, you'll win one, lose two, win two, lose one. That's why you're a mid-table team. If you're a relegation team, you're going to lose almost every match and be scraping for points and it's all chin up, chin up, we'll get there. And if you're, you know, Chelsea and Man United, you expect to be much higher than you are. But we're in this bracket where... We're going to win some, we're going to lose some. And I know I sound like a broken record, but we have to be more efficient and reduce the, the errors. The, you know, Gary talks about unfor- you know, avoidable goals all the time. We've gifted five goals in three games. And we don't need to do that to Liverpool, but we did it. Definitely don't need to do it to Luton, we did it. And we've given three to... Oh, it's more than five goals in three games. Isn't it? My math is terrible. It's eight goals. Um, we, and we've given West Ham three. I mean, you know... Steve Cooper says you've got to be perfect to win games against top sides. It's frustrating that we didn't have to be perfect to beat West Ham. Temp said, you know, after seven minutes, we could see we could get at them. And we we really did throw it away. And that's the frustration, that we could be better in the table than we are. But similarly, we've had really good days against Chelsea and Villa. Mm-hmm. And I think we're a side that's progressing. Uh, it's just about calm heads, level heads. We've got two weeks to put it right. And then we've got Brighton, where it could be anything, because they could turn up and they could absolutely turn it on and score three goals without us. Back home games as well. Exactly. But Mm. Brighton, we saw drawing with Sheffield United, drawing with Everton. They're another team now where you can get at them. And then we've got Everton, and that's a big game. And if we come out of this game, this bracket, having beaten Villa, beaten maybe Everton, and got a point with Brighton, then we're we're doing all right. Isn't... Uh, points per game wise, a Forest marginally ahead this season. Did I read maybe a point? Someone said better? we're on 1.08 points per game, so we're doing better than we were. Yeah, yeah. I don't know, Pat in the comments says, How many games have we won? Well, we've won three, but we could have won more. It's just, you know, I, I still maintain that Steve Cooper has us on the right track and we're getting to where we want to be, but it's never just a straight line up, it, especially, you know, you, you sign all these new players. Mm. It takes time to settle. No one, how many other teams have got seven new signings and changing their back four game after game? So, yeah, 
that's where I'm at on it. <laughs> I mean, you, you you are preaching to the converted. It, it's but 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 then if there wasn't any debate, if there wasn't a section of fans that were miffed, if there wasn't a section of fans that were delusionally glass half full at all times, then I mean, we wouldn't be sat here for a start chatting about it, would we? It'd all be very very similar. So I totally get it. I absolutely do get it. And like I said, I'm talking about this football club hopefully right now objectively but the subjective side of it is having had a foot in the door many many moons ago about it but also following it back into the Premier League and knowing how tough it was who's been in charge who's been nowhere near getting the team promoted who's been nowhere near kind of hitting the heights that have been set in decades gone by so what Steve's done the way he's gone about it and don't worry we're not going to turn this into we all love Steve Cooper therefore he should never ever ever be kind of uh, in, in a sticky situation regarding his ongoing leadership of Forest. But right now, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a fair distance away from that, given what we've seen and how he's set the team up. And again, we go back to the reaction of yesterday. He He's he's as frustrated as as everyone watching the game or making comments about what he saw on the pitch as, 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 as anyone else. It's his team. He has to take responsibility for that. He's banging his head on the wall going, lads, you know how good the set pieces are. Why aren't you picking people up? That, that, mm. That's 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 the virtue of what he is as a, as a professional football manager. So, I think the incremental improvement that we're seeing is 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 keeping Forest on track. What that track is, I don't know. Do we expect them to be knocking under the door of Europe in the next five years? Is is that is that a relatable concept? Is that something realistic? I, I, you've you've still got to take it season on season. I think. Mm. I, I hope it's that it's a feeling that the oh geez these players could really be something here. These players have the potential to be A, B, and C, rather than we ain't we just ain't good enough. Like that that simplistic argument doesn't doesn't wash with anyone that's that's watching these games. You can see that Forest are a work in progress and mm. that their ceiling is higher than the some of their performances or, or results. More importantly, at this moment in time, but I think the the broadest element of the fan base see what we can be. And they're just that bit frustrated that we're not getting there as quickly as they would like. But two winnable home games there, Matt. And as was the mood after Villa, um, we, we could see ourselves you know, looking up once more if we were to get four points from two games there. Yeah, the pressure comes if you get zero points from two games. And that's the nature of management because it is a results business. And I fully mm. accept that. It's an ongoing process but it's not a straightforward process. Right, loads and loads of comments. Very much appreciated. I did try and keep up with them all. Um, any other business uh, attempts before we depart? Anything you want to add? I was going to tell a quick story for Greg. So uh, Greg's a, a patron of an MND charity called Stand Against MND, and he was uh, a marshal at their golf event a couple of weeks ago. And he positioned himself on the the green of the... There's a, there's a hole at the Nottinghamshire on the signature course, par three, straight over water. And I can see him stood on the uh, stood on the green with his camera out. So I thought, right, here we go, time to shine. So <laughs> full, full swing, topped it. It's bounced three times on the water. As you see Roy McElroy doing exhibition games, he does it quite deliberately. This was definitely a mistake from me. <laughs> Climbs the bank and lands six foot from the hole. So I'm dancing a bit of a jig. Walk down to the green. Like, come on then, Greg, show us that clip. And he says, the second I saw it going for the water, I stopped filming and deleted it to save you embarrassment. <laughs> so now no one uh, no one will, will ever truly know if I, if I meant it or not because 
<laughs> so Gregory deleted it. I can assure you I didn't. And I did make the putt, by the way. Um, but yeah, one of my favourite moments on a, on a golf course, which would have, would have been captured forever if it wasn't for, for Greg trying to do the right thing and save what he thought was going to be my embarrassment rather than my, uh, my pride. <laughs> Rubbish, Greg. Greg. Rubbish, yeah, trying to do the right thing. That's why we love Greg. That's why we love him. He does, doesn't uh, he? He's just a fundamentally nice dude. He is. He is. And I know people say he's too optimistic, but I think we need that. So, yeah, that's what we need in the fan base. The good, you know, the optimistic and the cynical are all welcome. Well, yeah, anything it, from you? it makes for the melting pot, doesn't it? Uh, anything from me? No, no. I, I'm very happy to be back on again, as I said, without kind of falling into Greg mode of being... Um, perennially optimistic i think there's, there's so much to like about what's going on there's there's so much to enjoy about the the movement and and the direction that that forest are in that yeah everyone goes into the international break because the thing is you've got to sit on your on your hands now for two weeks and think about it i mean if, if you're at a loose end feel free to watch Notts county at lunchtime on on sun on saturday get yourselves on board for that one um but it's it's that sense of that what if element, but that that keeps you coming back as a football fan, doesn't it? You you go back with full voice and full heart, knowing that next time it could be a wonderful sensation walking back along, uh, back along the river after the next game. True, true. Right. Uh, well, people often say this is a bit of therapy listening to this, so it's been a bit therapeutic for me. I've had a couple of terrible few days, so I'm grateful for people being with us. Uh, as ever, very much appreciated and grateful to Temps, Prutz, Greg, et al. for, for being so supportive. I, I once used that phrase, um, working with Glenn Murray, et al., and without sounding like a, like a whopper. What's with et al.? Well, no, I, Glenn's taken it, and I love Glenn to bits, even though he is very miserable, um, was who? <laughs> <laughs> the Moroccan midfielder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then, yeah, and then you, you've got to do that it. weird parches singer, like when he's on the phone saying, "Don't you have a basic grasp of Latin working in curries?" <laughs> so, 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 well, I tried to explain, and he just shook his head. That was it. And the end of convo. A good note to end on. A good note to end on. Right, we'll leave it there. We'll be back because um, it's an international break. I don't think we'll have a Wednesday show. We'll just do something on uh, Thursday or Friday just to bridge the gap of the boardroom non-Premier League football. But uh, do join us for that. And as I said, thanks for being with us. Uh, Prutz, thank you. Hope you enjoyed it. Loved it, mate. Loved it, mate. Echoing the sentiments in the comments as well, mate. You do a fantastic job and long mate continue. Lots of love. Thank you. Temps, anything from you? Well, no, don't say anything else. Just say goodbye. Unless you really do want to say something else. We're dragging on. No, that's enough from me. Cheers, fellas. Good. He's shaking his head, which is always good for audio. Uh, Thanks very much, everyone. Have a good few days and we shall see you soon.